What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is Alex McFadden, one of your hosts. Really excited to have you back again, as always. And I'm hoping to bring a lot of energy to you guys on the show today for a topic that uh, may surprise you. Uh, we're talking a lot about something that I think for years has been considered a bad product or something that you don't want to recommend or consider uh, talking to people about, but it, it isn't. And it's just something that's misunderstood and it's a huge opportunity. So realtors, listen up to this episode right now. We're going to talk about reverse mortgages and when it makes sense to suggest this to your clients. Clients, if you're looking, listening to this episode right now, I think this is key because so many people have this idea that reverse mortgages are a bad thing and they're only uh, make sense for talking to older folks. Well, half of that's true. You can only get a reverse mortgage if you're above the age of 50, 55, but there's a lot of use cases that help you if you're a first time buyer or second time buyer or you're a family getting together. And we talked about some of those use cases today with a lady who has been in the reverse mortgage game for the better part of 20 years. So today, uh, my partner, Derek Williamson, and I had a chance to sit down with someone who, uh, again, shared a lot of her experience, a lot of her information. Her name is Simone McMillan, currently working for Equitable Bank, one of the lenders, uh, but she's previously worked for Home Equity Bank. And again, this uh, some of this might surprise you, again, if you've never heard of a reverse mortgage or if you have and you have certain feelings towards it. But stay tuned, listen up to the ways that uh, reverse mortgages are creating opportunities for people right now in Canada. And again, if you're loving these episodes, let us know what you're enjoying, more investment focused, more interviews, more one-on-one, -on -one, more strategy. Please let us know. Send us some messages and feedback on Instagram to at the YVR Remo show. Follow us on there or follow us at Thrive Mortgage Co. And we'll make sure to take that feedback and use that in future episodes. Of course, if you wanna be featured or you feel like you're gonna be a good guest, Reach out and let us know who you are and why you might work out to be a good guest. We'd be happy to chat with you. Outside of that, of course, if you want to be one of our clients, which of course you do, uh, reach out thrivemortgage.ca so we can get you up and running. Guys, enjoy the episode today. And if you are loving it, leave us that five-star review on iTunes so we can make sure to keep this going. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the other side. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. We are interested today to hear some feedback on the show. I'm very excited to have someone uh, on the show who brings a lot of expertise, 20 plus years of expertise in her arena. And now I think at first glance, a lot of people are probably wondering why the heck we'd be talking about this type of solution or product on a show like ours. Um, but trust us, trust us as we get into it. There is a reason that we're bringing a reverse mortgage specialist on our show. So I want to really quickly preface and explain that, you know, Simone's experience, uh, which we'll talk a little bit more as we move forward here, her experience, again, spanning over 20 years, she started off talking about reverse mortgages before they were a thing, before they were hot, before they were sexy, before they were popular. And now having been in the industry for 20, for 20 plus years, she's really got a good grasp on the different types of opportunities that reverse mortgages come in. And specifically around a lot of the listeners around our show and how 
educating younger people can be more impactful on getting more people access to wealth and just generally speaking, owning more real estate. So without further ado, hello, Simone McMillan. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Good to be here. Getting right into it. We know that you're uh, one of the growth managers over at Equitable Bank, which is uh, one of the, what you guys consider yourself a challenger bank in Canada. And although we won't spend a lot of time on that component, uh, you know, as a whole, maybe let us know why at this point right now you've joined Equitable and and or just a brief overview as to where you came from before this. You're right. You're right. It's been almost two decades in in this industry in this sector of mortgages. Um, I started with the sole lender in the country. We were the only, at the time, we were the only uh, lender that even offered reverse mortgages, and reverse mortgages really were not very well known, not actually a very attractive product, quite frankly. It was quite a last resort looking product. Um, and over time, it grew and it, it got better and it improved to what consumers were looking for. And it was I was very excited to be part of that evolution and the build of reverse mortgages in Canada. And it was a pleasure through those couple of decades uh, working with the one lender. Um, but I was really drawn to the fact that, you know, as you said, Equitable Bank is Canada's challenger bank, and that goes for reverse mortgages too. And who doesn't feel better when you have options? There's a lot of, of you know, mistakes looming out there. It's kind of a product that flies, you know, uh, below the radar, and not a lot of people think about the product, but there's also a lot of fear around the product because, like you mentioned at the beginning, when it first came out, um, it wasn't a very user-friendly uh, or cost-friendly product, which is unfortunate because it's kind of tainted the name of the product. So we wanted to kind of spell that out. Um, you know where I think a good place to start, if you could give us a really kind of high-level once-over on the product itself um, and kind of how it operates and, and, and maneuvers, just so we can give the, the listeners an overview, and then we'll dig into some of the next steps here. Well, one of the things is that there is a perception that it's a complex product and 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 when you don't know how something works, you do tend to have a fear, a hesitation to move into into that into that product. The good news is uh, a reverse mortgage is actually quite simple and straightforward. It's a no payment mortgage. It's available to people that are over fifty five years old that are homeowners. It is a no payment mortgage, but I'll preface that with it's a payment optional mortgage because that's available for you too. And it just is a way for people to unlock dormant home equity that they have built up over the years. And it's just become a smart financial choice. I'd say it's always geared towards the older crowd, if you want to call it that. And typically, you know, when someone retires, you go on to pension and your income drops dramatically. And, and with the, the way that mortgages are qualified in Canada currently, it's very income heavy, right? Like they're looking for income to qualify you for that mortgage. Um, and we see a lot of, you know, like a living inheritance, early inheritance, parents, grandparents wanting to help their kids so they can get into the market or invest. Uh, and we've noticed that this product has been huge for those people in that older crowd that don't have the income to qualify, right? Because outside of this type of a product, you're looking at private financing with no income qualification and the costs are just dramatic. So we've seen a lot of people been able to free up the equity in their homes to go on to, you know, gifting equity. And, and like you say, the whole no payment structure, if you want to touch on that a little bit quickly, but essentially, if you're not making payments, interest is just accruing. 
right? Until the end of the term, until that house is sold or whatever the final uh, solution is there. Yes, that's correct. Um, and, and, you know, family wants to help family. Family always has wanted to help family, but I'd have to say more than ever. I mean, this is the decade we have seen um, how difficult and challenging it is to get into the marketplace, um, live in the neighborhood you want to live in, you know, live by your parents, those types of situations. And so you have parents and grandparents that truly want to help their family, but they want to do that without a financial burden. They don't want to have to take on co-signing. They don't want to have to take on, um, you know, some risky financing for themselves in the effort to help their family. And this is why reverse mortgage have become so attractive is it is that payment optional mortgage. So you can actually unlock hundreds of thousands of dollars of that equity, provide that to your family, and you yourselves can carry on on your fixed income and everyone's good. Yeah, I mean, so to bring that up, you brought up a couple key points there, the co-signing point. So I'll touch on that in a second. Um, we also talked about, obviously, the, the thousands, hundreds of thousands, the amount of money that people can borrow, which is kind of interesting. So you know, re reverse mortgages in general obviously uh, have a bad um, connotation or, or a bad aura. I don't know what you want to call it uh, from years past and maybe some situations that occurred down south. Uh, but, you know, looking at it today, logically speaking, again, based on the cost of borrowing, it seems like it makes a lot of sense. So the two scenarios that we think this could be really helpful again to our, our audience are what you want, mentioned first and foremost, which was a gifting of inheritance. Talk about that. And then the, the purchasing of second property, interestingly enough, and, and where you see that. So what are some common ways that you're seeing? And again, how you're mentioning the gifting inheritance, like what kind of conversations are being had there? And what do our listeners need to know about that? Well, you know, for, for people that are wanting to move into the market or you know, in their early stages of building their their real estate um, net worth, if you will, you know, if you if they do have family that has expressed um, an interest in helping them and saying, "Gee, I wish I could," you know, but I'm on a pension, <laughs> or I wish I was still working, or here I am sitting here in my Vancouver condo worth a million. I don't need this money at this time, right? Myself. Um, there's ways there's ways for that that family member to be able be able to help and you know for our for our reverse mortgage borrowers it's important that they help family and here's why is because when they bought their homes albeit much much less than we're purchasing today um, it still took them 25 years to get their home paid off. But what they know for sure in the Canadian market is their home has served them well. Their home has served them and their family well. And their home can continue to still serve their family well by helping, you know, their their younger family members get into the market. And, and so it's not, you know... Um, Parents want to leave legacy. Family wants to leave legacy. And it really warms their heart to be able to help their family now and see their families benefit from it now. So it's a pretty open family conversation from, you know, people that are wanting to get into the market to, to parents, you know, already thinking this is how I want to accomplish this for my family. 
And this is such a hot topic this year. I think partially because of what's happened with values in the greater Vancouver area, it, you know, it's getting out of reach for people to accumulate their, their own personal down payment on a 1.2 or $1.5 million home. Right. So these family conversations are coming up so much and we do see people hit walls constantly. Parents don't qualify, right. They have their own financing. Uh, grandparents are on a pension, so they can't do it. So this is super common. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of families actually kind of join forces right now and they're buying multi-generational multi-gener- properties. Right. So it kind of ties into, we've done a few episodes on, mm-hmm. on, you know, generational wealth and, and just families supporting each other. So this is great to hear that. Um, can you touch quickly on the current costs, just average pricing rates, fees, what you can expect on a reverse mortgage nowadays? Yeah, we're, we're very proud of the fact that we have really um, busted through some, some barriers of how expensive reverse mortgages are. You can enter into a reverse mortgage today at under 4%, wow. which, you know, um, 20 years ago, it was hovering closer to the double digits, I got to say. So, you know, it's uh, there's a little, I'm going to say, a premium on the rate. You're going to pay more than if you were qualifying for a regular mortgage making payments, but not much more. And if it allows you to get into a market that's appreciating 10 to 15% year over year, I mean, 4% is a, it's a great resource you were speaking to down payments, you know, it, it now takes over eight years to save 20% down. Yeah. I mean, you can't save fast enough to keep yeah. up with. So, you know, that's why it's so important to people to be gifting and helping family get into the market today. If we think about it from that perspective, you know, should I buy now and buy it this amount or should I wait and save? I mean, we've done the numbers on that um, multiple times for clients to say, if you're at, say, for example, a 5% down payment on a $500,000 loan, $25,000, if the market <laughs> took off the way it did this year for one more year, that same $500,000 property is worth six hundred, dollars maybe six fifty. dollars Like it's, it's you just obviously can't save fast enough. Not based on this market, that's for sure. On a flat market, maybe so. But with with that in mind, I mean, the things that I think interest a lot of people, obviously. So we talked about the gifting, the inheritance. The biggest concerns, again, for a lot of people that we're talking to are like, hey, my, you know, my, my gra- grandpa or my dad or my mom or uncle or whatever, they don't really want to do that. They don't want to take out a mortgage. And that's something I hear all the time. And, oh, but they're willing to co-sign or provide me with a gift. And, you know, I think about that all the time, obviously. And I'm like, okay, they're willing to give you cash, cash money that they have to take out of their account, which is going to reduce the money they have available to help live their lifestyle. But they don't want to put a mortgage on a home, which is basically literally a dead bank account losing money when you're sitting there. What, what, what kind of conversations do you have with people that are concerned about putting a mortgage on their home and have that kind of mindset, you know, it's still there. First of all, I would suggest that that is happening less and less and less. There has become, a, you know, really a shift in thinking about how to look at the home. Um, if, you know, I'm going to say if it was grandparents not wanting to put a mortgage on the home, I can understand that because clear title was the end goal financially that was the end goal it's not the end goal anymore Um, now people understand you've got to get all your assets working for you you can't just you know select and save and use your cash only it's just not the world we live in anymore so i do find those conversations are are far fewer um for for people that really are mortgage adverse 
they're they're just quite frankly they're just not a borrowing you know they're just not a borrowing client um, if it's that important to them but i do find people are usually surprised when they when they look at how they could actually take out some of that dormant um, equity use it strategically it's still going to family which is part of their end goal and they're good financially they're good um i i just find that you know oftentimes they'll they'll shift their thinking but sometimes you know if if your clear title is absolutely how you feel i don't know is that a borrowing client at all yeah i mean fair point i think at the end of the day you can't convince somebody who doesn't want to be convinced but if there's a fear around it i think one of the big things like you mentioned before is if if you do want to help out your family and you want to put them in a position to have success, being open to it is obviously key. Um, one of the interesting conversations that I had recently was with a client of mine who, um, uh, funny enough, like, so I was talking to the client, they introduced me to his dad. His dad was in a position to be able to get a reverse mortgage as well in this case. And in, you know, in opening the conversation, once we started talking about the cost of borrowing and the fact that they're not going to take all of your equity, so you can't sell your home, uh, you know, we started talking and, and, you know, he's just living on a CPP and an OAS pension, right. And, and a little bit of cash kicking around $150,000, but beyond that, he doesn't have any money available, right? There's not a lot of income. $30,000 a year is not a very good lifestyle anymore. Um, so in our conversation, we kind of got to the point where it was like, why don't we pull this equity out, uh, purchase a, a cash flowing investment property or rental property, uh, to put you in a position where you could earn $1,000, $2,000 a, a month, uh, to supplement your lifestyle. And, uh, that really opened up some doors. So, so this client's going to go through the process here, um, of actually, uh, applying for this reverse mortgage in order to do not only gift the funds, uh, but in addition to that, set themselves up for success with a second investment property. Again, I think it, a lot of it comes down to the conversation around that and the communication around that. Any tips or advice on talking to someone about that and what that would look like, who who maybe is afraid to go that route or what they should be considering? Getting your money working for you is a smart move. Absolutely. And one of the biggest challenges you do have is once you are on that pension income, that fixed income, um, you know, typically the goal is how do I how do I build my net worth and how do I get more income to supplement the income that I currently have? So using that money, borrowing that money and investing it to generate um, more income is is a smart is a smart move. And as you know, when you when you borrow to invest, CRA is, you know, looks at that favorably for you and you can deduct the cost of borrowing to offset investment income. Well that applies to reverse mortgages as well. Um, of course, your own situation, you know, uh, dependent, you know, obviously speak to your accountant, speak to CRA about your own situation. But it's one of the ways that a retiree, someone on that on that pension income can create income very tax efficiently. And, you know, I got to say, I, I agree with the fact that this whole investment component and, and people are getting away from the mindset of like, I want to pay my house off right? That is totally going away. And I, I do have to say that I think a big part of that is social media. Social media is great for certain things. And I think it's terrible for others, but there's so much education out there now um, where without that, I mean, the banks don't really push that type of a model, 
right? And, and they don't put out enough education for people to learn from it. So I do think that the social media, I mean, there's Facebook pages with thousands of investors across Canada and the US that talk about strategies like this, right? So this product, I mean, it, it just ties into this so much more to help people kind of open their, you know, open their eyes on equity that currently, you know, you absolutely can't touch. Absolutely. It's getting, it's getting all your assets working for you fully. Yeah, yeah no question. No question. So uh, again, kind of looking back at some of the different uh, statistics that would be interesting to look at, just so again, a lot of our borrowers are probably not the end users of this product, but just to kind of put some, some context in place, like, you know, thinking about this, you put some notes there, data, the average uh, age to buy a first home, first time home is 36 years old based on the recent stats. That, Got a little older. <laughs> yeah. So from back in my day, <laughs> I don't know if it's encouraging or discouraging. I think it should be encur encouraging for people that maybe feel like, you know, they're 30 or 32 and they're like, ah, you know, I'm not, I I'll never buy a home. Like that's really, really. I, I know it feels, it feels daunting out there and, you know, rest assured you're going to get there. So, so that to me right away, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a first time buyer, you don't feel discouraged. I mean, the average is 36. That means there's a lot of people above that age as well. Right. Which is absolutely massive. Eight, uh, massive. It takes eight years to save for a down payment, as you noted in here as well. Uh, one in five people in 2017 relied on parents for help with down payment. I mean, realistically, I'm, Derek, you could probably speak to this too. Uh, probably one in five borrowers do we see first-time buyers are buying on their own. F like the other four people almost always have some form of co-applicant. It could be their partner, it could be their partner and their parents, it could be someone else. And one of the biggest issues that we run into, and we've had a podcast on this episode, uh, or sorry, an episode on this before on our podcast, just uh, highlighting co-signing is not as easy as it used to be. So, and it also, you know, for our borrowers, like for our the age group that that reverse mortgages serve, um, you know, co-signing it comes with risks for people, right? So, you know, what happens when when a parent co-signs and and there's, you know, a young couple that, that they're helping, for example. And what if that young couple divorces? What if, you know, what if the children go on title with the, with the parent? You know, that puts more people at risk. That's usually not the intention of the initial goal, right? But it can't be overlooked. It's, and, and I'm just going to take you to this too. It's when you look at home equity lines of credits, right? Who doesn't love their line of credit? But at the end of the day, those home equity lines of credits are demand loans. And that comes with its own set of risks. If the real estate market changes and the bank's not comfortable, if your finances change, um, so even if you're, you know, when you look at your parents and grandparents, if they have a home, home equity line of credit that they can use, eh, do you really want them to? Maybe not so much. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that's really good feedback. And, and I definitely would agree with a lot of what you just said right there. Uh, in, in relation to just back to the reverse mortgage piece, because that is your, your, I guess, domain you've got some really interesting stats in terms of missed opportunities again you know I, I want our listeners to think about the fact here that this is probably a grandparent or a parent of yours theoretically that needs to hear this information and would want to help you out it's honestly very rare to me that i find parents don't want to help out their kids or grandparents like they're usually like yeah let me help where can i it's usually to your point someone they can't or they don't know about these types of options and or someone doesn't tell them or they have a bad feeling about it right so 
maybe like let us know like what are some of the biggest missed opportunities around the money that's just sitting there as dead weight right now you mentioned the number of baby boomers and so forth when you think of reverse mortgages people often you know um think of the word seniors which i have an aversion to because i'm in this market so myself as as an eligible as an actual eligible borrower but when you think of this market, I mean, we're a lot, we're, we are talking baby boomers and the oldest baby boomer is in their seventies. Um, and they're very active. They're, you know, they're, they're very active people and, and they have very active lifestyles. Um, reverse mortgages just help these people accomplish and do what they what they want to do in their life but the youngest part of the wave of boomers is in their late 50s and so they might still be working but they're making plans to you know phase out retire whatever that situation is and in this decade alone, there's going to be 5 million boomers that are turning 65. And boomers are quite accustomed to borrowing and using their equity in their home. And the applications that they that they want to use are, you know, are really, quite frankly, endless. I mean, people are buying second properties, they're buying vacation properties, legacy properties, um, investment properties. Um, they're, you know, buying better homes or bigger homes. Now, Simone, could you do a once over for us just quickly on, because I know it's the older that you get, the more of your equity that you can actually access, correct? Is there kind of a scale that you could explain? Yeah, that's the one thing about reverse mortgages that's still, you know, kind of a misconception because you always hear, oh, you can access up to 55% of your home. And, and there's a perception that everybody can borrow up to 55%. But a person's age is actually the one of the primary drivers as to how much you're eligible for. And that's because, as you said, if you're not making any payments on your mortgage, interest is being calculated on the mortgage. It's being added to your principal balance. So it's a balance that grows over time. So the younger you are, the less you're eligible for. And the good news with a reverse mortgage is actually as you age, you can borrow more for a change. So you can actually access more. So for example, if you're 60 years old, you could probably consider around in the 30% range of your home's value being available to you. When you're in your 70s, that would be 40%. When you're in your 80s, it'd be the 50% and older, just to give you a sense of what that might look like. So age is a primary driver. And there's zero income qualification. Well, that's actually a misconception um, because the reverse mortgage lenders are federal banks and they're regulated by OSFI and there are requirements in terms of income not the same as a standard mortgage but income is looked at in terms of well two things one is this looked at in terms of um, does the income support um, home ownership um, will this will this borrower be able to keep their property taxes current their home insurance current their condo fees current because they may be on a modest income, but, 
but that's something that's important as a mortgage lender. So it's looked at in that manner. It's also looked at in terms of a total debt servicing. So many um, of our borrowers have unsecured debt. We want to make sure that the financing is comfortable, that it's not jeopardizing those home ownership obligations. So it's looked at a little differently, but yes, someone on a pension income can literally borrow hundreds of thousands of dollars nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, this has been obviously a lot of a lot of information for somebody kind of walking through this and looking at the different scenarios where this could be uh, applicable. I think really what I'm hearing from a lot of this is there's there are quite a few misconceptions. The cost of borrowing is substantially less than what people think. Um, there's now more lenders willing to consider lending out reverse mortgages. And I, it sounds like what I've heard from you is that the quote unquote baby boomers, the, the 65 to 70 year old range may be more inclined to consider this as an option than the typical person in the past. Have I hit the nail on the head on all those? Oh, completely. Completely. Okay. The, the thoughts that I would have after listening to this this information from you is that if you're in a position where you're a buyer, a uh, first-time buyer, or maybe in a position where you're trying to partner with your parents to do something, that's something that I've heard the people doing as well. Hey, let's go together and buy this uh, vacation home or a secondary property. We can enjoy it together. Is really start just having the conversation with someone like us. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of misconceptions out there, a lot of misunderstandings, uh, a lot of questions around ages, but just like anything else, you got to ask the questions before making these assumptions, right? Um, any parting words that you would leave with someone who's concerned about going this route or maybe has a family member that's still really nervous? Or do you feel like we spat it all out there? If you, Even if you looked at reverse mortgages a year ago, a reverse mortgage is like any other financial product. It is constantly improving and optimizing its offering to what consumers today are looking for. So that that's the good news. It's it's not a stagnant, I don't know, something that was created 30 years ago and hasn't moved. Um, that's just not the case. It's like it's like when we remember when there wasn't such a thing as a line of credit, for example, right? It's it's evolving, and that's the good news. And I think people will be surprised to see really how simple it work, how it how effective it can be for them. It can we can certainly accomplish the end goal. But the most important thing is to connect with you because as you said, there are other lenders out there now. And that's the good news for, for any borrower is you have options. Um, you're a, pardon me, you're able to take a look at what the goals are you are trying to accomplish and you can now find the best fit for your goals, which you couldn't before. And, um, uh, you know, it's no surprise that the demand is what it is today. Um, even ourselves, we had a phenomenal year last year, growth. We had a breakout year. We're having a spectacular year again. And that's just because, quite frankly, like I said, people just feel better when they know they have options ahead of them. And a reverse mortgage is no different. So it's really important to work with, you know, the broker that knows the differences, knows the lenders and knows the options. Yeah, it's really good feedback. Thank you for everything that you've uh, explained today. It's been extremely helpful. And I think the last thing that I'll leave off with is 
you know, if, if this is you, if you're in this situation, uh, you know, maybe family has talked about helping you before, but they don't know how, don't be afraid to have these conversations. It is mind blowing how many family members will go through the motions to help you. And sometimes, you know, our clients have a, have a quick chat with mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, and it allows them to buy their property 12 months earlier. Right. And they've saved a hundred thousand dollars on the value of that property just by having that conversation and getting some help from parents, you know, and it doesn't always have to be a gift, right? You can work with your parents. You can buy with them. It can be an investment for them. So just have the conversations that you're scared to have because it can dramatically, dramatically benefit your financial situation. Yeah, absolutely. And what, like what we heard from Simone say, work with a mortgage broker that's taking the time to learn about these products and educate you about it. Uh, not everybody knows how to do this stuff and or devotes the time and the energy to learning about it and having the resources. We're thankful to have you as a resource, Simone. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing your expertise today with our audience. And as always, uh, folks, if you want to hear more about this or any other solutions, reach out to us at thrivemortgage.ca or find us on Instagram at thrivemortgageco at the YBR Remo Show. And if there's anything else you need, we'll connect you with Simone or anybody else you need to be connected with. Thank you, Simone. My pleasure. <laughs>